And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello, and it's time for the Weighing In <laughs> Podcast, where we have Holy no sound, shit. no music, oh, nothing happening. Everything's falling apart. We have no podcast. Dave, what? Does it, it doesn't <laughs> matter because we're here, Josh. Oh, we're man. here. We're happy. We're ready to go. Jeez. My man, how you doing? Look, you even got that little neck warmer. Oh, right man. Now. Man, it's a little you cold did, in Texas right oh, now. So Your little skinny ass is you cold know, as hell, isn't it? Skinny. Have you not seen me with my shirt off lately? Oh, I'm a little teletubby. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a teletubby right now, brother. Come yeah. on, man. Jeez. Ah, uh, man. Right, poor see, podcast. I'm never, never going to say you're a teletubby, baby. You're in shape. Oh, you're my you. man. Uh, I, I wish I was in shape. I wish. I wish. <laughs> uh, you know, I could bounce back if I wanted to, but, you know, I'm kind of enjoying this. Why would this, you want to? I'm enjoying this comfort life. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've noticed that I don't forever. get as cold at night. You know, I've noticed that. That's one. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, poor uh, you guys, you're gonna have to bear with us today, man. I know, I know there's a lot of news that drop and all this stuff, stuff but podcast Dave had an emergency with his son. He, he had some news dropped too. Yeah. So we we're um, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we can work around his schedule and uh he's got some things going on with his son. So we're uh nothing serious, but we just want to make we, sure that he we are flying solo. It. Yes. We are flying solo. We have one engine is out and the other one is smoking <laughs> like a sunbitch. Well, no, no. I think both the engines are running. You on one side, me on the other. But the the, the back, what is that? The back prop thing is yeah, just the, 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 the rudder's doing this. Yeah, man. the rudder's doing this. Big there you time, go. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, okay, look. There's a, so there's so much for us to try to unravel and unfold, um, obviously, with the uh, purchase of Bellator and PFL uh, merging together or Act, uh, the acquisition of Bellator acquisition. by Let's Bell just be by honest. PFL. Is it really emerging? I don't think it is. I mean, you're merging the fighters and the you know you're merging the fighters, but it's an acquisition. One's got to be taking over the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's more of the PFL. And it's the taking PFL up, taking over. Story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to unravel though. But uh, do you guys want to get into the PFL first? Why am I asking you guys? Not like you're. What do you response. mean, you guys? Yeah, there's like, one. There's like, one person <laughs> listening right yeah, now. Yeah, and I mean, that's I was, me. I was thinking the you know, and our, I'm our barely listeners, doing that. Our, I was thinking our listeners, but then like, was I expecting like a response? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like they were gonna respond to us or something. They're gonna give you a cue. Oh, I mean, come okay. on, man. So look, podcast Dave did a great job of uh, doing the listening over uh, Don Davis's interview with Ariel Hawani. Uh, Prop semi gonna, great job, semi great job. We're gonna go over that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give Ariel uh, some some love, buddy. And um, I thought it was a great interview. I thought you pushed in some areas to try to get some information out, and yeah, he did. And you let it slide on some areas just because you know there's no there you was no to. answer. I thought I thought it was a good interview. Um, outside of that, um, I think there's a lot of things to kind of unravel and unfold. So it says right here. So Dave, some of the first things: finances, no money exchange, Paramount part owner in PFL. Does and Dave has questions. Pretty much is kind of what he's saying is: Does that diminish the value of Bellator? Like because look, I think where the people are going with this, and I saw this a couple times today, was you know first it was supposed to be like five hundred million dollars for Bellator. And then yeah. it was going to be, I heard, I had heard it, you know, around two, 220, 215, 215 million, 225 million, somewhere around there as well. And it just kind of seemed like it kept getting lower. Now we're just talking, basically, it was just all 
uh, stock. Well, it, it was stock trade plus plus a mi- minority ownership. Yeah. Like, it, it comes down to this, Josh. It really, and this is what, let's just be honest about this. When you, you know, knowing what we knew mm-hmm. from the back end of Bellator is you had a company in what was Viacom, West, you know, Paramount. They didn't know what to do with Bellator because let's let's go back in time. When they bought Bellator, they had a guy named Kevin K working for him. Mm-hmm. And Kevin K was the guy who was in charge of Spike TV when the Ultimate Fighter was put on Spike TV. And that was when Lorenzo Fertitta was paying money, a lot of money, for the production of the show and for the time on Spike TV. Then you had the you know, the tough finale and you had the Bonner versus Griffin and all of a sudden, boom, they wanted to, you know, have the UFC on Spike TV. And Kevin K was the guy who put that deal together, the famous deal in the back of the Cox Pavilion thing, right? And Kevin K has been a part of basically MMA ever since when Kevin K, you know, tried to keep the UFC on Spike TV and the UFC moved, actually losing a little bit of money doing it, but moved to Fox because they looked at it like it was a bigger platform mm-hmm. for their promotion. I don't blame them for doing it. Kevin K was kind of stuck there, and he had he had the rights to the UFC for a year. And you remember, he almost, he kind of ran things against them. You know, he counter-programmed them with big fights that you know he he could play what he wanted. Mm-hmm. But then he ended up basically getting Viacom to purchase, you know, a a remaining share of Bellator and make them the owners of Bellator. And everything was great, you know, and that's about the time you and I came over, Mm -hmm. right? And then about a year and a half later, they let go of Kevin K. Yeah. And from that point, Bellator was lost within the entire structure of Paramount, Paramount Plus, you know, the whole Viacom. Yeah. The, the whole Viacom family. And that's why Bellator moved around from being on Spike to being on um, CBS Sports, then Showtime again. And they didn't know what to do with it because they didn't have someone within the company of Paramount to really have an idea of what to do with it and where it should go and how to make it better. Well, they don't normally own the properties and the sports properties that That's they right. that are on their network. So they just didn't yeah. know how to like. Do I put this on CBS Sports and take up a time slot? A time slot that I'm going to get paid to have pickleball on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's pickleball. Yeah, I mean, like most of these, yeah. they're they're paying to be on their platform, or they're working out a deal that's some, with something for sponsors to pay yeah. them to have that product on there. But when you own that product, who's paying? To have that product on that platform, you, you are. are, and exactly. so and that was like, well, this is weird. And yeah, they didn't have anybody that had the background to really take it over, and it just they mm-hmm. kind of just put it on the back burner. They let it, they, you know, they knew it was there. They they got some yeah. content from it at times, but they didn't even want that content, mm-hmm. and it just kind of floundered there. So you look and you say, when you have it's it's kind of like having you know when you're a kid with a toy or, or an adult with, you know, a car or something like that, how much is that toy worth? How much is that car worth when you don't use it? And it just sits. Yeah. 
that's really what you had. You know, it's just sitting there and it's like, I really don't, you know, I don't use it. I don't know mm -hmm. what to do with it. So, I mean, to me, for them to, to, to basically let it go for stock, if that's what you want, hey, that, that's your business. Yeah. You know, you, you know your business way better than I do. But it's, I would say that's better than letting it flounder without you having an idea of what to do with it. Yeah, I was... I was torn because you believe in the product that that you kind of felt like I kind of felt like I came up with, you know, um, even though I was with the Strike Force, UFC, Strike Force, Dream Pride, all this, right? But I started like kind of working into this career of being an analyst and developing more of a connection with the fighters. And that's a big deal because when you're a fighter, you really just care about the people in your weight class. And sure, you're friends with the other fighters. You guys meet up, at, you know, later in the lobby of the hotel bars, and you guys, you know, will occasionally go get food together. But that's that's kind of the extent of it. it kind of camps kind of stay within their camps. Sure, you know, like I train with these guys. These are guys I hang out with when I go to a live event. You know, and you know, it's just, it's no different than our production team, right? We get done, yeah, that's, that's yeah, we all just kind of hang out. So I just felt like I was coming up with this generation of fighters. You know, I mean, I don't know how many since the purchase happened. I mean, I've had so many fighters reach out to me like, man, I hope you stay with, I hope you and John both, you know, um, they've all brought you up as well. They're like, I hope you and John for sure stay with They're like, you know, I mean like everyone from patchy mix to Johnny Eblen to, you know, to everyone. I mean, there's so many to Jason Jack, everyone's kind of reached out and been like, Hey man, I hope you guys uh, come along. And I'm like, look, man, we don't know. I let the dust settle, see what happens. I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm someone who owns a company, the priority is making sure that the fighters, we talk with them, we get them settled in. That's our product. Absolutely. And uh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, and I think that's what they've done already. I've heard, I've heard is that they've already reached out to all the champions. They're um, working on deals to get them flown into the event coming up this weekend. And they want I think, to I think Ariel Hawani made that as a suggestion. Yeah, well, all, all the fighters will be there this weekend. So, uh, except good. for one, one's not going to be there that I know of right now. But the rest are all going to be there. So, good for them. That's that's what you. That's how you want to do it to start off. That's a good step in the right direction. Sure. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, yeah, you don't. You don't want to. You don't want to damage that bridge when you first don't get start started. burning bridges. Yeah, don't start making <laughs> things a little weird. But uh, one one of the champions can't make it right now. Uh, he's got something already booked, but. But yeah, the rest of them should all be there from what I understand. So good for them. That's that's a good step in the right direction. I think that that's smart. Smart play. Get them there front row. Let them let them understand how special they are and how great they are. And I'm looking forward to that. So that's like one of the things. So the finances, no money changed hands. Paramount uh, part owners in the PFL. So there is a small percentage owner of that. Uh, does that diminish the brand of the Bellator? No, absolutely not. It doesn't. Because look, the brand is the fighters. So that's it. when I look at what Bellator was, their fighters are still there. You know, you've got the only fighter that right now, because his contract was up, was MVP. And yeah. so he will not be coming over in the trade. But everyone, every, all the other fighters will be coming over in the purchase. I said trade. Sorry about that, because I know how people like to use <laughs> my words against me right now. not a trade. So it wasn't a trade. We're not was, going with a trade. No. We're going with an acquisition. Yes. And so, um, you know, I, they're just going to talk like there's going to be a lot of talk and speculation of what Dana said. You know, like, why would anyone want to do it? Why would anyone want to buy it? Um there was that talk with Don based on Don Davis saying that, um, you know, Dana doesn't really mention you or anything like that until he starts to get, until you start to get on his radar. There's, until he gets worried. He said, yeah. yeah. Until he gets worried. I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple ways of looking at that. No, there's truth in that. 
to a point. Okay. What's your what? But what's your what do you think say, that truth is? I think it's exactly the way you you know. It's the difference between words. You said till you get on his radar, mm-hmm. and Don Davis said till till he's worried. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dana's worried. <laughs> he's yeah. been through this too many times. He's watched too many things. He's had the people that he hasn't liked as far as promotions. Um, I, look, at, Dana is good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. You know, how many times do I have to say it? He is the best promoter, fight promoter, fight promoter. I'm saying there is. I can, can't go with a bigger, one, a better one, one that's been more successful, mm-hmm. one that's made more money. Think of promoters. You know, when you talk about fight promoters. You're talking about either in MMA or boxing. Mm-hmm. Can you name me a bigger or better promoter in boxing? No. Sorry. Because uh, it all comes down to numbers. Yeah. No. It comes down to numbers. Who has the most fighters under contract? Who makes the most money? All of those things. It's him. It's yeah, his yeah. company. Yeah. But look. The company that he works for. I can, I, I can, I can look at it a couple different ways. Okay. The way that they did it. The way that you, the way that that's what makes MMA so great. The way that the MMA cards are set up, you have to have a lot of fighters under contract, which allows you to make more money. So that's one way of looking at. It. Whereas boxing promoters, okay. they've got ten guys, fifteen guys under under their their levels. You know, there's levels to this. Obviously, they got more than that probably. Yeah, they got more. But they've that. got but they've got like ten that make them a decent amount of money. That's okay. it. So if I'm trying to compare the ten boxers that they have that make them the money versus you've got 600, 700 fighters on your roster. It's not really a fair comparison, but that means that also too, that he's handling a lot more shit going on because he's got all these fucking prima donnas, which is fighters, which I was one of them for a long time. We're all a little spoiled here and there. Little prima donna. Yeah, prima donnas. We we get our panties <laughs> no, in a no, bunch quite you, a bit. prima donna. Yeah. <laughs> we get our panties in a bunch a lot. It, we are not, yeah. fighters are not easy to deal with. No, because look, at the time when you're fighting, you know, you're very self-centered. You want it to be about everything's you. about you. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's part of the fight game. It really is. Yeah. And Combat you, sports I, is a very selfish sport. It's absolutely because yeah. it's not a team sport. You know, it's team sports are different. They're oriented different, and the way your outlook is is different. When it's just you, that's the person you have to, you know, take care of. That's the person you got to get things right for is you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it is self-centered to a point. I look at the the comments from Dana and then what Don Davis was talking about, and I say <clears throat> he may he may be have now you're kind of on his radar now. Okay, look yeah. now you've joined, you've got you've you've merged you know your top fighters and champions with now another organization who has top fighters and champions, <clears throat> several of them being in the top three or four right now, you know, in the world on their on other MMA. Uh, websites rankings so they are yeah. legit in the top three or four some are even up there number you know number one yeah um that being said but i think dana also when you hear some of his comments let's be honest he's been through this with the pride acquisition when he bought pride he's been through this with other organizations when elite xc and strike force basically elite xc went out of business and strike force took over all their stuff okay uh-huh. he's been through that during that time um, and, you know, and then, you know, when Bellator was making some waves early on, he's probably getting sick and tired of answering these questions. Now this with this merger here, too, he's getting tired of it. Like, look, it gets kind of annoying. Like, look, I've been the same UFC for however long I've done my business and we continue to grow. We continue to get bigger. <clears throat> these guys now are merging two companies to try and compete. 
For him, it's like, okay, look, I've seen this. I've been there. I've done this. I've seen all this before. Let's see what happens. Yeah, bring That's it where he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, like, do I think Dana's worried? <laughs> oh, I don't think mm. he's worried. You know, that's, <clears throat> there, what, there's nothing to worry for him. Well, there's, you well, know? John, like, I think this, nope. I, I, no, I know, I know what you're saying. But okay. let me, let me say this. I believe that there's so many things that still need to happen for Dan to even start thinking about being worried. You, oh, do, yeah. you, do you have the TV deals in the UK? If you're going to go, if you're going to move a TV deal in Saudi, like Don Davis said, are you going to open that TV deal up in Africa? That's something to kind of be a little worried about. Going into Africa <clears throat> there. Yes, uh, because in it South can close America. things off for your company. Yes, exactly. Going places that really that um, UFC hasn't gone. You don't have a foothold. There. You don't have a foothold there. So that kind of, <clears throat> and just so we're, so people that are understand, South Africa has a really good MMA market, a really big one. And there's a lot to be done there. Um, but I think they've got to kind of lock down where you've got to know somebody to know somebody to, to be able to do a promotion there. It's not easy there. Trevor Prangley fought down there in whatever the biggest promotion is now um, down there. <clears throat> he was one of their first you know, big time main fights. And PFC? so was, I think it was PFC. So he fought EFC. the P- EFC. EFC. Okay. So, um, yeah, he fought in that. I think he fought a guy named Rico Hatton. Rico Hatton. I think he's what he was. And Trevor lost. Lost his belt. He lost his UFC deal because of that. Ooh. Yeah. And then he can. Then they were able to bring him back, I believe, after that and so on and so forth, whatever it was. I think it was something along those lines. Anyways. And, um, but it just like that's a foothold that the UFC doesn't have right now. That's if so, if PFL can get in there before the UFC does, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. But like like I said, Dana right now is like, look, they're saying all these things and they're they're making waves. They've got they've they've got the media for this week. They're owning the media this week. That's okay. fine. He owns but in, 50, 50 but, in, but until we until we see year. until we see how they put all their blocks together, I he's not I don't think he's worried right now. No. You, there's a lot there's a lot of ways to go, man. There's a long ways to go. You know, even when even when even when UFC uh, took took all the strike force fighters in. It took a while for the dust to settle and get these guys going, get guys getting fights that meant something. It took a while, you know. And then and then finally, after about probably six seven months, I mean something like that, it finally started making sense. Okay, now this guy this guy's this level. Now we get to see because some fighters got brought in and were fighting guys that were were not on their level. <clears throat> they were smashing some of the UFC guys, and then some guys that were doing well in the in strike force came in. And we're getting smashed by other guys. I mean, because I don't know if you remember. Remember, remember Pat Healy when he beat Jim Miller? It shocked the world. Yeah. That was right. one of those fights. Everyone's like, Jim Miller's gonna fucking out wrestle him. Jim Miller's gonna outstrike him. Jim Miller's gonna submit him. No. I said, man, wait, until you fight a guy that's 195 pounds when he walks in there, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Pat, was, fought, Pat he, was big and he, could wrestle his he ass. He could off. wrestle. He had a gas tank, and he was and he was just tough. Just had that gangly justness that hung on you. You're like, get off me, man. Ugh. That was he one was, of my I I, I always I always looked at Pat. He was like a second coming of John Fitch. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. Just bigger. A little bit better striking than John. But <laughs> <laughs> that was a little big, but I mean Man. But John had better wrestling. <clears throat> um okay, but then it says, okay, cross promotion fights, champions versus champions in February. 
that's great if it could happen, but they kind of backtracked a little bit on mm. that because he said that the PFLs season after they have their November 24th this week, they have their cha- their pay-per-view and their championship fights, but then their season starts again in April. And that's that's something I think that's going to have to change over the course of time where you have that big of a gap between November, we'll say 24th, and we'll mm-hmm. say April 24th, and I'm yeah. not saying that's what it was going to be, but that's a lot of months that you're you're off of the radar. You can't have that anymore. Well, it's not even so that's, much. It's not even so much off the radar, John. You just acquire 214 fighters. Well, they that's why it's got to change. That's why it's going to change. Because he said that the PFL is going to be in April, and then he said Bellator's first show uh, March. Yeah. What happened to the February? Yeah. So somewhere in there, there was, and that's just a miscommunication. Yeah. That's, you know, what are you going to do? Um. But okay, so look. I, the cross promotion. I think the idea of the champion versus champion is great, but the problem is you can only do that with what seven weight classes. No five. Based upon five. they don't have a one thirty five and they don't have a one eighty five. Yeah, that's five weight classes. Set there's seven total and there's only five that they have champions for. Well, there's more than seven weight classes. No, no, I know, okay. but this. What? No, really? Well, there yeah, is. You want me to start naming them? <laughs> no, no, but the ones that have champions, like in Bellator, there's seven. Okay, in Bellator there's seven, but PFL in the PFL, only has five. Five. Okay. Yes. That's my problem. So you got five fights. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You got five fights. <clears throat> Which kind of sucks because two of our most successful champions are 135 and 185. And 185. <laughs> that's what I was a little right. I was I was kind of caught off that that Errol didn't ask him, like, well, are you gonna add the weight classes? Yeah. That would have been you my that would have been my bat. Like, okay, are we gonna You like, have to. You have two of the best guys in the world. Are you gonna add that weight class? Because look. Let's let's not be mistaken. You put Johnny Eblen in. You got Gaygard still with him. You've got other guys that are Fabian Edwards. You've got these guys. Yeah, Fabian Edwards. You got Gaygard, and then you got you know, you know Dalton Rasta. Yeah. You got Aaron Jeffries. Austin Vanderford. Some, <clears throat> Austin Vanderford. So that you got a great one eighty five. You've got you've got but you've also got guys in the PFL that are probably like I'm tired of cutting this weight seventy. Absolutely. Or. I'm I'm too small for 205. I yeah. want to go down to 185. Okay. I'm going to Paul Craig it. That's Excuse great. Excuse me, guys. Um, sorry, I mean, you've got Sadabusi. I don't know. I don't know. He seems like a really tall, nah. kind of long, lanky guy. He could potentially he's go kinda, up to 85. Nah. Nah, he's, he's kind of like, he's, he's kind of like Paige. He's, he's got that build that he's very long. Jason and lanky, Jackson. He, he makes the weight. Jason Jackson. Like a Jason Jackson. Thing. Got it. Yep. <clears throat> got it. Um, And I think, dude, if, you put Sadabu and Jason Jackson together. That's oh, a great fight. Great fight. Great, great fight. fight. They match up incredibly well. Sign me up for that. I'll take that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so the cross promotion stuff. I liked what he said when he was talking about uh, Anthony Pettis. And it just the, the PFL format's not for older fighters. No, it's not for him. Yeah. Um, where it's for is for Which the I younger totally guys. I totally agree. It's for I the totally younger guys. This is what this is where I want to say, John. This might be a, a page out of your book that maybe Don Davis needs to reach into your back pocket and pull it out and go, "Hey, this should be an entrance into the bigger show, whatever show that is that you decide to call it. Use all your young fighters to fight into the big show. You guys, yep. instead of making a million dollars for all weight classes, make it a hundred thousand dollars. Thousand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even if it's two fifty, I would say a hundred. I would say a hundred. Yeah, I would say a hundred grand, and then also a six fight deal. 
you know, if you win the if you win the tournament, you get in. Now you're in the PFL main time or the big time or your Bellator, whatever it is they decide to PFL do. Prime. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. And so then now those fighters that are young that can fight four times, five times in fucking six months, which that's horrible. <laughs> it sounds just horrible. Uh, it sounds horrible. horrible. No break. But yeah, with a million dollars on the line, that's different. But young fighters can get away with that. And yeah. if you make a hundred grand plus a six fight deal and, and the six fight deal can be worth some, some decent money. <clears throat> I think that's a good stepping stone to get themselves in there. Uh, that I think that you came up with that idea. I thought that was a bright idea. Brilliant. Very few yeah. come from you, but this is a good one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but it makes sense though. You take guys like, you take guys like um, uh, Anthony Pettis, you take guys like Patricio Pitbull, you know, that are 35, yeah. 36. And, those, and the lighter weight classes are harder for those fighters to compete. Anybody who's over 35 years of age doing a tournament yeah. is tough on you. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, look know? at Kayla. Kayla's like, look, I just can't make this weight anymore at 155. Don't blame I'll me. fight the 145 if yeah, I only got to do it only once make or twice that 145 a year. Twice a year. Yeah. Bingo. Makes and sense. That's absolutely. You know, <clears throat> I mean, I kind of think. There would be maybe some potential to get even Chris Cyborg down to 145 once or twice a year. If you could. I think she could. I just don't know. What? Hold it. Oh, that's not 45. Was that 45? Not 45. Sorry. You're right. Never mind. I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking 55 with her. 45. She's already at 45. My bad. Um, I don't know why I was thinking 35. I don't know. Anyways, brain fart. Sorry, guys. Apologize. That was that was a bad time for Chris trying to get down. Yeah. Let me ask you this though. Champions versus champions. Yeah. <laughs> you if y'all can't, y'all can't listen into this. You got to see my face. Got to go to YouTube and just hit the subscribe <laughs> button and see my face. Look, you got to be honest about the, and here, here's the difference. One of the things that the PFL and Don Davis got when they got Bellator is they got that roster of about 260, 14, 214. It's a 240. Okay, yeah. 214. Then, then we then Bellator lost. Yeah, they did because they're they up. They're up cuts. around 280. <clears throat> they they had a lot of two, cuts. Last 280. Week. So if they're Almost. at 214, so they're at 214. So you got those 214. You were sitting somewhere between 60 to 70 fighters under contract with the PFL. Okay, great. Now you are at that position where you're close to you know 300 fighters. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's no way. It's then this is where it's you know the depth of the pfl can't compare to what bellator is just like the depth of bellator couldn't compare to the ufc's depth Mm -hmm. there's just too many fighters and too many you know places to go and if you take a look at the championship and and i can only go off of since they haven't had their championship fight you know uh, this week yet i can only go off of who is their champions in my mind based upon last year so you know oam could end up being the champion again he was the champion Mm -hmm. last year Sadabusi could be the champion again this year. He was the champion last year. So you got to go with the people that were the champions last year. And you take a look and, you know, I would say that OEM is going to have a seriously hard time with a number of the people that are the top lightweights in Bellator. Okay. Alexander Shabli is going to give him a hard time. Usman Nurmagomedov being the champion. He's out for six months. So that's why I'm not using him right at this moment. But Usman Nurmagomedov is going to give him fits. And it's just, you know, just being honest. I love Clay Collard, who is fighting OAM. And uh, both of those matchups, a little bit different. 
with Clay Collard because his boxing is damn good, but the kicking of Usman would give him fits. It would, and his the ability for Usman to wrestle him would give him some problems too. I, I just look at the lightweight. I just don't see their whoever whoever wins that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see them winning in the lightweight. Yeah, but I look at guys like you've got the guy uh, Movlid. <clears throat> yeah, Movlid at one forty five. Oh, him, he's good. I look at him. Brendan Lockney. Him and Aaron Pico would be great. I think Patricio oh, yeah. and Brendan Lockney would be great. The reason why I say great. the Patricio and Brendan Lockney because I know they're going to stand. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Movlid's going to wrestle. Well, let's see him yep. wrestle against Aaron Pico. Yep. Like, oh, let's let's you know let's make it with let's Style, see what it is. Styles Styles make matchups. <clears throat> I could put Movlid against uh, Patricio, and he may be able to take him down and control him. He may be able to do that. See, but you could put and think about this. I mean, Ray Bradacupa, he's at one eighty five mm. now. He's not oh. at one seventy. Put him at one eighty five. Oh, you, you know, because I had a fight for him. Who is that? Brennan Ward. Brennan Ward and him would be a great fight. <laughs> I had a fight. That would for be him. a great fight. That's a good one. I was like, I yo, I like the way you're thinking. Well, I was thinking one. Magomed Magomed Karamov versus Amosov. Great fight. Absolutely. That's great a, fight. I feel like that would be a first fight in. Sadabusi and Jason Jackson. Yes. Great fight. Absolutely. Great fight. Yeah. But I Look. think if you could move if you could move Brad Akupa up to 85. 185, yeah, you got some people there for, to go against. Mm-hmm. You know, him, Dalton Rasta would be a fun fight with yeah. Cooper. Yep. You know, you want to say Johnny Evelyn, put Johnny Evelyn against, you know, since, <laughs> since Ray has won the PFL's championship. Mm hmm. Put him against Evelyn. Yeah, I I think, well, I think, oh, that's an 85. Sorry, that's an 85. I get it. At 185. Yeah, I get it. That's an 85. Um, And they also, you know, they've got Derek Brunson. Oh, that's true. That's true. He signed with the PFL at 185. Yeah, that's true. 85. I mean, Derek Brunson, like Derek Brunson to me, um, who, who would I like to see him fight? Him and maybe Fabian Edwards. Because Fabian's got a problem with guys that can wrestle. You know, and Brentson can wrestle. But on the feet, Fabian's the slicker fighter. It'd be right. come down to like a, a contrast of styles. I mean, but yeah. I, I also think that uh, Brunson and Dalton Ross would be a fun fight. It would. They would be. be good. You know, that'd be a good fight. <clears throat> um, there's so many fights that we can sit up here and try to make. You know, but I just look at right now the champions versus champions. I mean, you're not see, you're not seeing the PFL winning a lot. I'm not seeing them winning a lot, and it's it's no yeah. look. I'm not taking a dig at them. Look, they they're no these their their fighters are they have good fighters in there, you know. Um, yes, we've we've named a number of them. yeah, but a lot of fi- a lot of fighters that are on their roster, <clears throat> they it's it's hard it's hard to compete consistently in that short period of time. So, and a lot of some of the fighters they don't want to they probably don't want to go to the PFL because like I don't want to do that I don't want to make weight four times in in six months that's that's hard you yeah, don't realize is. how hard that is and how taxing it is on your body to do what these these fighters and, well, are doing it's just, and it's also it's going from camp to camp to camp you always seems like you're in camp yeah. and that, that that wears on you I, look at Kayla Kayla's won it I don't know how many times she's like look I've had enough I, I've collected five million dollars. Plus whatever else I'm done. Uh, like it's, it's exhausting. It's, it's a, and that's why you got to tip your hat to people like her because she's been able to do it consecutively for so long, you know, came up short against uh, Larissa Pacheco, but uh, yeah, but that was, it's that constant having to do look Bubba Jenkins. I think he's been in the finals the, in the semifinals or the finals in the last like four or five of them. 
guy's That's constantly hard. just right there, right there at the top, right there at the top. So, um, same with Chris Wade. Yeah, exactly. Chris Wade always at the top too. So, those two are fighting again coming up right on this card. Uh, is it on this card? Yeah, really? I thought, yeah, yeah. Right there oh, at the very man. bottom, number three. Yep. They well, are this, look, yeah. I'm looking at this card. Let, 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 let's go. I'm real quick. I want to just come over it, but I don't. I don't want to. I don't. No, no. Stop. 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 Let's just talk about. The, I don't want to talk about the fights. I, I just want to say. I want to. Okay, I just want to say which fights I like. All right. Go. Okay. I love the Chris Wade and Bubba Jenkins fight. Love that fight. Okay. I'm going to screw up. And because we just talked about it, Ray Cooper, the third and Derek Brunson. Love Great. that fight. I love it. Love Same that here. fight. You know, um, I'm loving the, um, how do you, the Mohawknaktina because she fought in Bellator also. Uh, Marina. Marina. Yeah. Marina. Marina. And Larissa Pacheco. I'm loving that fight also. Should be a good fight. Larissa should put some pressure and maybe some good striking. The Aspen Lad is a last-minute replacement coming in to fight um, Jul- uh, not Julie Bud, but uh, Kayla, Kayla Harrison. Kayla, you know, um, I-, I am into the um, the Magomed Karamov and Sadabusi because this fight right here with Karamov, I look at him and I'm like, he is the kryptonite for someone like a Sadabusi. He can wrestle, yeah, can, can be, he can, act, he but can he's strike. also got stand up. He's got good he striking, strike. yeah. So good, good there. This fight right here to me is probably gonna be the best fight on the card. Is Gabriel Braga versus Pinedo? Might be the best fight on the card. Pinedo is man; he's really uh, he's come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest, man. He is a tough some bitch. I really I enjoy watching him. I think you're right. I think that fight between Braga and him is going to be special. I think mm-hmm. it's a good one. Great fight. But I I, I got to tell you, I, think, I I actually like the heavyweight matchup they have with Goldsoft against Ferreira. I think you know Ferreira is six foot eight. He's athletic, mm-hmm. and Goldsoft is he's. We're not breaking the boxing. fights down. Stop breaking the fights down. <laughs> I'm not. He's just kind of boxing centric, but he's going to be standing there in front of Ferreira. I think it's going to be a. That's actually a good matchup. Good, good. All right, look, yeah, we're going to get back into this PFL breakdown. PFL Bellator, the Don Davis interview. <clears throat> um, says Bellator running uh, an international series with Bellator champs able to defend. PFL continues tournament series or season that Bellator fighters can join potential for someone to enter tournament and also fight for Bellator title double champ, then cross and then, and then potentially cross to Ryzen for a belt. That's a question mark, by the way. So yeah. um, I don't know where the Ryzen situation is, so I don't want to touch on that. Um, that, that whole relationship was built by Scott Coker and we're still kind of, I think they're still trying well, to figure out whether Scott's I, coming. I over. think, I think you've got to look and say that, Don Davis has said that he has talked to Scott Coker and he wants him to stay with it. So he's in that position of saying, well, if Scott Coker stays with it, he has this, uh, you know, relationship with Saki Kibara and we, we would like to continue doing those type of cross promotional things. And I think that's a great thing. Cause he's saying that, you know, he wants to <clears throat> cross promote by bringing John Jones against Francis. And God, I don't, I know that one's never going to happen, mm-hmm. but you know, Hey, it's great that you have, Someone who is willing to still do those things and cross promote. Yeah. He's willing to do them. I like that. I agree. And then in terms of double champ status, I mean, I think what you're going to run into is a lot of the fighters that are getting a little bit older, they're going to, they're not going to want to do the PFL tournament. Even though there's a million dollars on the line, they're not going to want to do the PFL tournament. And a lot of fighters that are already in the PFL that have been doing the tournaments, that tournament, they're going to want out. They're going to want out or they're going to want to, if they're going to want to stay in, this tournament's going to get a lot harder. Yeah. It's getting a lot. Oh yeah. Hard. So Dude, just the numbers tell you. Oh, it just increased in its difficulty. Oh yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, and the fights are going to get a lot more violent. Well, he did talk about the fact that, you know, right now the PFL doesn't allow elbows until the finals. Mm-hmm. Finals, you're allowed to do elbows, but their tournament doesn't allow elbows yeah. all the way up. And, you know, that's the same thing Bellator did long ago when they had their tournaments and stuff. You can't because no. you got fighters that, you know, you can't have them getting cut the same way. And, you know, it's a possibility you get cut with the elbows. So it makes sense. You know, Strike Force had that where there was no elbows. I loved it. Yeah, I know. I love that there was horrible. No it's actually it's actually horrible, but no, it's not. Yes, it actually it creates more action. Yeah. Ask Mike Kyle. It just creates more action. No, <laughs> oh really? Ask Mike Kyle. Well, if Mike if Mike Kyle actually knew how to fucking punch, what? okay, that's why. <laughs> the fuck, hey, I know Mike Kyle very well. You, hold on, just, just, for him. just just hold on. If you punch the head of Bigfoot Silva, you break your hands too. <laughs> it's the greatest thing. Punches he him broke. The- Broke both, mm-hmm. both of his hands, and then starts trying to headbutt on the chest. I said, "Hey, Mike, can't do that." He goes, "John, my hands are broken. What else can I do?" I said, "I don't know, dude." <laughs> dude, use your. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, Poor it was man. horrible. I did. Uh, uh, okay, so let's go back through that. It says, uh, "Series uh, series with Bellator champs able to defend." That's going to be the UK series, you know, over there in the UK. Yeah. So PFL continues tournament season that Bellator fighters can join. You're going to have a lot of those Bellator fighters that believe they, they can win it. I'll give you an example. Sure. Alexander Shabley right now is like, for sure I can win this lightweight tournament. Yeah. Usman's probably thinking, for sure I can win this tournament. Go over there and make my million dollars. If I can continue to just do this over and over and over again, I'll be a multimillionaire three, four years. You know what I mean? So, and all the sponsors that will come with it, everything. The difference, not the difference, but like in the PFL, they're going to be still wearing their outfits, which they made that clear. Yeah, and Bellator will be able to continue on with their sponsors. Yeah, so I think those fighters that realize they may not be able to win the tournament, they may bounce and go to Bellator and be like, "Look, at least I can make some some money with my sponsorships." Yeah, whichever way they go, I thought it was he was he was really clear in the fact that <clears throat> he looks at the PFL; it's a league, and leagues have uniforms. Hmm. He goes, the NBA has has uniforms. The NFL has uniforms. That is the PFL. It's a league. Bellator is a one-off, meaning that each event is just one more. It's not like it's leading towards mm-hmm. something. And so he says, with that, yes, you can wear whatever you want to wear. I thought that was good. It's a smart thing because, again, options. Options for fighters that you can give them options. And he's willing, you know, obviously with Francis, he, it shows they're, they're willing to allow fighters to continue to do different things continue to box and that's part of your way of getting certain fighters over to your platform is give them more options than the industry leader if you want to call them in the ufc the the big number one is willing to do because they're not willing to give those things Mm -hmm. they're not going to let you box they're not going to let you you have to ask to do a grappling tournament Mm -hmm. you got to ask for their permission and, and that you know, like grappling tournament normally has to be on the UFC fight pass. Yes, it does. But okay. Um the fighters when they go from PFL to Bellator or Bellator to PFL, is it a separate contract or do they honor the amount of money they're supposed to make in one organization or the other? No, they're gonna honor it's look at they're under Josh, who are they under contract to? I understand. I, they're under contract. That's a question to be asked, though. To John. the company that yeah. is the 
the one who owns it, that's the PFL. So they can bounce back and forth. And I think that's a good thing for the fighters. I understand. I think that is a good thing for the fighters. But does their does their money change going from one promotion to the next? I don't believe so. That's a question to Which, be answered. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think it will. Because you, when you have a contract and you have it signed for, you know, so many fights, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can look at that contract and this is my second fight on that contract mm-hmm. and this is what I'm supposed to make. Okay. Now, the big thing that you can't do is sit there and go, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to make. And then look and say, but I'm going to fight him. I want more money. Mm-hmm. Well, I look at it like it, I think it depends on, let's just say the TV deals and Bellator are making more than the TV deal that PFL is going to be on. Well, now I have more opportunity to pay you more over there because that one gets you paid more. That company well, makes more. The DVT see, that, deal makes more. The it, it is the question if you're looking and you're saying, you know, if you're the PFL, Right now, they're kind of, well, they're still in talks. And he talked mm-hmm. about it. They're still in talks with now ESPN. And he said that all that information is going to be coming out shortly. <sighs> Do you want to put all of your products? Because he's talking about 32 events, 32 shows throughout the variety of different, you know, PFL Challenger Series, PFL's, you know, uh, uh, tournament series, the Bellator, all these different, you know, things, PFL Europe. Do you want to put them all under one provider, you know, one platform, or is it better for you to have multiple platforms? You know, look at the UFC is right now not quite on multiple platforms. They're on, I guess you could say two with their pay-per-view and their ESPN plus selections, but you know, they've been on multiple platforms before. Look at, look at the NFL. How many platforms is the NFL on? I have no idea, John. They got to be on, well, the the ESPN, CBS, you know, NBC. I mean, all these different, you know, Fox. So sometimes being on multiple platforms is going to work better for you. And you're going to end up making more money based upon the fact that you, you know, can ask for a certain amount based upon the product of what you want. You know, they're the ones that are going to be in charge of it. But it might be that they don't want to have everything on one. Yeah, I I think... um... UFC right now, right? They do every occasion they do a one-off on ABC. There you go. While they're still doing oh. the ESPN show or UFC. Because ESPN Plus. is owned by Disney, who's yeah. owned with ABC yeah. is owned by them too. What they're doing is they're trying to steal some of their watch, their casual watchers that people don't sure. really pay attention to, like the sports. Oh shit, what's on ABC? Why is this even on here? Oh well, you know what? I can watch this also on ESPN. Maybe I'll start following it if there's someone there you've you've attached yourself yeah. to. Um, Kayla Harrison resigning. I would imagine she is. She finally got what she wanted. She wanted Chris Cyborg. That fight is available to her now. Makes sense for her to resign. But totally. she'll she'll be resigning for so let's say three to four fights, whatever it is. But it's because she doesn't have to make that weight in a tournament style format. Yeah. She's gonna have the one fight, two fights a year, get time with her her kids, you know, and her family, enjoy her life. She's a multimillionaire now. <laughs> She's won the tournament so many damn times. So um, she's going to enjoy that time. So cyber uh, cyborg under long-term deal. I believe that she is, I believe yeah, she, she has. Just signed. Yeah. I believe she, she just signed, signed with right? Bellator. Yes. Yeah. She's fought one fight. Yeah. Under that contract. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was, that deal was done. I know, I know they were working on it right before the boxing fight that she had last time. Yep. But I believe that they got it done. Yes. So that makes sense. And it makes sense. Like you got to resign. Like you bought, you bought, you bought Bellator. That was part of what you wanted. That's the fight that everyone was talking about 
you know, previously before, you know, to this whole purchase was that was the fight everyone wanted to see. Scott Coker was in to do it. Uh, Don Davis was in to do it. Uh, you know, there's, there's fights there. There's so many fights for the fans to see and, and pay attention to. I got to keep going back to this though. John is the 135 and the 185. You got to add these weight classes. They will. They got to. They will. You have the Look, most okay, hold exciting. On. Let's be honest. Stop right now. They just acquired Bellator. Everybody that's on that 135, guess what? They have them now. I, I get that. And, and Bellator has a pretty goddamn good 135 yeah, weight do. class. They At do. one time they did it, but they no, do now. They do now. They got some studs. What, the and thing at is, 185, it's getting better all the time. And Johnny Eblen being as good as he is, you, you're going to want to surround him with talent. It was so weird, though, that it wasn't brought up. Like, you know what? We're going to look to start that, you know, in the tournament style format. Like, it just, yeah. I felt like that was one of those things, just knowing that Patchy Mix is the right number, I think, number two now on the MMA fighting, um, you know, rankings. But on their overall, I think he's, num like, he's number one outside of the champ, I think, in uh, Sean O'Malley. So they have him as number two or number one, whatever it is. Goes champ, the number one, number two, whatever it is. Um, you you have you have him. You've got Magomed. I, this weight class is stacked in Bellator, the one thirty five pound division. And I just, I caught me off guard. There was no, there was no like, oh, you know what? But we no are going to add these. Gonna... Yeah, like you would think the excitement would be there to say, but we're going to add this to the tournament, or it's we're working on figuring out how to add them into the tournament format. But think about this. If you're Don Davis mm -hmm. and you don't have any of those fighters, you don't have one in the PFL right now that you can talk about. What are you going to do? You got to sit there and say, we, we're, we're going to work on that. Okay. And he, he's now, he, mm -hmm. he doesn't know. He doesn't know patchy mix from Magomed Magomedov. He doesn't know any of these guys and that's okay. It's not his job to know them, but he will. Mm -hmm. And he's going to enjoy them and he's going to see the, the, all these guys what, are good these guys can do so, sergio yeah. magomed stops absolutely you know sabatello, sabatello. Who, i mean he's, he's gonna love he's gonna love him i feel like just yeah. from the interview i saw with ariel don davis gonna love sabatello oh yeah <laughs> all right let's see 32 events across five franchises in 2024 more opportunities or more confusion all depending on how they do it yeah. let's just be honest you know Here's the, here's the real problem right now. And I think it, it's a problem for, you know, Bellator's had it. How many times did you have people reaching out saying, Josh, how do I see this fight? And you had no answer for them. Well, that's because we happened? had so many distributors. Like we were on so many different networks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you had no answer yeah. for them. And it's the same thing that right now the PFL has kind of got that problem with their PFL Europe because look at, they had, you know, the fight in Paris. It was a fight that actually sold tickets. You had Cedric uh, Dumbe in the the uh, main event. Who he's a stud, and he's gonna and he's someone people want to see. And if you were in the U.S., you couldn't see it. You had to be able to know how to steal it to kind of see that fight. So that's like anything. These are things that all have to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, the one thing that I'm going to sit there and put out now is for how long have we said, you know, the one thing I think the PFL really, boy, their social media team really goes after things. And they're just putting stuff out all the time, all the time. We're doing this. We're doing that. 
And it's, here's the difference maker. And the people are going to blame Scott Coker for this. It was never Scott Coker's fault. You know, if you're Scott Coker and you keep every show there, you're losing, you're losing more money as far as what the owners of the product will put towards it. Okay. We're going to cut a little bit more. We're going to cut a little bit more. We're yeah. going to cut a little bit more. How many things, get, how many things got cut that you know of? in all of our shows it just kept going cut 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 okay yeah i don't think you're gonna see those things and part of that is you know he's he's thought well we you know we wanted brighter we do more light stuff yeah all those things cost more money mm. and i think he's gonna do them and that's good for the show i you at this point don davis is excited god bless him for being excited i think it's awesome because if there's one thing Bellator needs, it needs an owner who's excited about him. Mm -hmm. Does it not? No, it does. Yeah. Because at least he is working towards making things better. Mm -hmm. Not, okay, how do I cut? How do I cut? How do I cut? How do I cut? And that's, you know, that's the difference between someone trying to grow a product and someone having a product that they don't know what to do with. Well, I always yeah. look through the lens of a fighter kind of situation just because coming from there is that anytime you say, and I want people to, to go back and think about this, the most fights that I had ever worked basically working with Bellator was 22 in one year. And then it only started getting shows. Yeah, shows. Shows. Shows, not fights. Yeah, not shows. Um, was, was 22. This he comes out and says there's gonna be 32 shows in 2024. Yep, it's a lot. Like one of our biggest gripes with Bellator was that how do you plan to make any leeway or gain any new fans if you're not doing two shows a month? If you if you want to try to get some of those fans, whether from the UFC or just new ones, you need to have more than one show, one you know, or one or Once two a shows month. a month. Yeah. I mean, because Maybe that gap, two. that gap grows. Like what happens is if I do one in the beginning of the month and I don't do another one towards the middle of the next month, that's five weeks out. Like people forget about you. This, this day and age with the way that social media is, the way that you can just pick up your phone and get everything you want right there on the phone. I can get on, I can get online and go, you know what? I want some condoms sent to my room. Boom. There they are. They'll be there and I can have a same day delivery. I can have whatever I want. If I want to know how to look, how to build something. I can go on YouTube and right away, there's a video that says, this is how you build this. I had to fix my heater the other day, believe it or not. I had to do it, but I did. You do to, it? I did. And I had All to go right. on, I had to go on YouTube and they said, Hey, That's go through right. these first couple steps. At least, at least you were smart enough to go to YouTube. Yeah. Then. And so I went through YouTube and I got go through these first couple steps and bam, one of those steps worked. And that's where we were. So it's, if anything you want is it's, it's available to you at any time. It's when you get to fights where you only have one fight a month and then five weeks later, people are like, man, I forgot about that promotion. I forgot yeah. about that event. I forgot. Like you have to continuously be pumping your next show constantly, oh. constantly like, hey, if it's February 20th, well, guess what? That February 20th show, every other ad or every other commercial break or every ad between fights is look forward to, you know, March 10th. Next show, March 10th. Next show, March 10th. Main event, this. Co-main event, this. Pumping that next card. And so, um, sorry, I got an Amber alert. Um, 
<laughs> well, when your phone's turned off, it still gives you the Amber Alert. It'll turn your it phone does. off. Yes. I know, it does. And so, um, yeah, I just they, that was our biggest gripe with Bellator was that they as they started cutting shows back because we had twenty two shows. I mean, that means one in January, then two every month, and then December normally just one big show to end of the year. Yep. And that's yep. kind of how you did it. And they normally occasionally they would have two shows in December and one show in August because August is always a slow month. You know, and just knowing the format of how how promotions do it. Uh, I'm excited about the 32 shows. You have 200. Let's just say now you have 300 because PFL has, you know, 60 to 70 fighters. Bellator has 214. You have about 300 fighters. You're going to need 32 shows to keep those fighters busy. Yes, you are. It's not easy, you know, and oh. so I'm looking forward to that. Now, the five franchise thing, John, give me your take on that. I don't know how well it's going to work. I think they're going to have to conform a little bit, bring things in. You can have, you know, you have your uh, your international series. Make your international series your international series. Be it Bellator, mm -hmm. be it PFL. It's all owned under the same umbrella. You you can't have things spread out too much to where people don't know where to go for looking for the person mm -hmm. that they want to see. It's like having too many networks. Yes. Yeah. But that's you know, it, but it's it's a, it's a fine you know. Hey, we've been thinking about we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's take a look at it a little closer. Is this exactly what's going to yeah. benefit us in the beginning? Or should we let's let's start it off with just this? And then if we want to, you know, branch it off to another, okay. Mm -hmm. But to, you know, it's always better to start off smaller and slower than it is to giant or we got this many and now we're gonna start getting rid of them. He did bring some something up that I was actually kind of encouraged by. Was it like you have a PFL Saudi Arabia, PFL Africa, PFL South America, and then you have those little little tournaments within that country. The winner of that now gets to fight in the PFL. I like that. that I like great. that idea. I do. It's great. But it's, that doesn't it's like mean the that, Challenger series. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you have to air those fights over there. It just gives you the content you need to talk about those fighters that are coming up. Yeah. I mean, maybe you air that fight, the finals of that fight, on one of your bigger shows, you know, in the PFL. Well, I mean, you can air, you can air those fights in that country. Yeah, absolutely. Where people that are interested in it and stuff, but yeah. it's not something you're going to air everywhere. Yeah, I get you. You know, but no, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, it says Don wants Scott Coker to come all over and manage Bellator. Uniforms will cover all brands. That was something yeah. that was not true. That's not true. That's not true. We'll just cover the PFL brand, and then yes. the fighters will be in Bellator will be allowed to still wear uh, their individual uh, with sponsors. Yeah, with sponsors. Uh, Coker coming over. It's what I don't know for me. It's what it's whatever you know. If Scott and him can work it out, I mean, we'll see exactly how that all leads up. That's yeah, that's look, that's that's uh, above our pay grade. Look at the last <laughs> last thing. You know, well, and, and here's the truth. You know, Scott was at three hundred one. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I always you know see him and then see him in the cage. And as he was leaving, he says, "John," and I said, "What's up, Scott?" And he goes, "I'll call you." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so, okay. uh, Scott. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go. Uh, Francis versus whom? Willing to do Jones fight, but knows Dana won't. Exactly. We got to stop with the, the Jones thing. No, it's not there. See, it's never going to be there. So the question is, if you have Francis, mm -hmm. who is it? You know, because look, there's a lot of talk that the UFC is really going after a heavyweight boxer. Mm -hmm. Deontay Wilder. Yeah, exactly. And 
Why are they doing that? I mean, he's got big name value. I mean, <laughs> he's got big yeah. name value. He does. Yeah. And he's not an MMA fighter. Yeah. You, yeah. Get, you get their fans to come over and now all of a sudden become, and hopefully become MMA fighter fans, fight fans. Okay. I, I have no interest in seeing him fight in Ganuat right off the bat. I want to see him fight another stand-up guy, but in, in MMA, but someone who is not known for his wrestling. Not that Francis is, but we've seen that Francis can wrestle. He's got a lot better at his yeah. wrestling. Look at his Stipe fight. Better. Look at his Stipe fight. Look at his uh, Sorogon fight. He can wrestle. Yeah. He can wrestle probably a lot better than Deontay Watt. No, no. <laughs> no not probably. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to get the, the truth guys is love. Deontay Wilder is going to be a small heavyweight. Yeah, absolutely. 214, right? 214, 220? 217, yeah. Because truthfully, what what should Deontay Wilder fight at? Light heavyweight. Yeah, he should. You know? Absolutely. But it's the question of if you're the PFL, I want Deontay Wilder to fight yeah. Ngano. I want him in there big time. And so that's the guy I'm going to kind of go after. But that one's going to be kind of the side because you don't know for sure you're going to get it, but I'm going to try it. But what do I have that's available to me? Well, I do have the two guys that are in my uh, finals here. Okay, I've got Goldsoft and I have Ferreira. So those are two. I also have, you know, uh, Dalia, mm -hmm. who was the tournament winner last year, but he didn't, you know, didn't make it through this time. Even though, And that kind of takes some of the shine off it. Then you got to go towards Bellator. And say, okay, who in Bellator in the heavyweights do I think could be a good fight? Well, you got to look and say, is Ryan Bader a good fight for him? Okay. Well, he's the champion over at Bellator and he can wrestle, but no one wants to fight Francis as far as his power and stuff. And I, you know, and I understand if, you know, Bader's going, nah, it's not what I want right now. Okay. But you got to look and say, you got to find somebody to fight Francis. So he fights in the PFL. I got to be honest. It's got to be Ryan Bader. Okay. Sorry, man. I would say. Like, yeah. I know France is not the champion there. I mean, first, you've got to have Bader fight the champion of their tournament thing. That's first. Sorry. That's got to happen. If, yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to have champion okay. versus champion, you've got to have that happen first. Okay. And then if Bader wins, then he's going to have to. He has to fight. He has to. You know, um, he's got to fight Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Look, we we can't. You, I, I obviously, I think people may know. Like, I'm, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards the Bellator because that's where we, that's where I came from. I'm not going to even speak for you, but we can't just pick and choose these fights. If you're the champ, no. yeah, you get, yeah. This well, is this is what we're on. getting into. No, here's here's the point. Okay, I'm saying that if I'm the PFL, mm -hmm. I look at everything. I'm either going to put Francis against the winner in the tournament. Yeah. Or I'm going to put him against Ryan Bader. Mm -hmm. Those are my choices. Now, I can't make any of them fight Francis. I can only offer the fight. I can't, I can't oh, tell yeah, him yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to take it. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah, you can't make them okay. fight him. Yeah, I get that. Point. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Well, look, the Don Davis said, look, Francis, he said he'll either fight in the first quarter or the last quarter. It would make sense to have Ryan Bader fight the winner of the tournament in the first quarter and yeah, then and fight then fourth Francis. Quarter? Fight yeah. Francis in the in the fourth quarter. I agree for a that great year-end show. Plus, Bader's getting older in age. So was Francis. Yeah, he's going to be well. Bader's going to be older than Francis. Yeah, but we're not we're not trying to. I mean, like we just talked about with Pettis, they're not trying to train, you know, for three fights in a year. 
give me the one fight against your tournament champion when you have the champions versus champions. It's smart. And let's see. Let's see who comes out on top. And the winner of that will fight Francis in whenever. Or if they want to fight, if they take the fight. I know people may be scared of it, but look, money talks. That's that's just, that's the name of the game, right? We're prize fighters. Go out there and make that money. All right, let me get into a couple more little things here. Dana no. only dismisses things that we're worried about. Thirty percent of the raw. This is what I did like this though. Thirty percent of the rosters ranked in the top twenty-five in the world. They still own the top five in the world. Top five in the world. Weekly shows will be better. We're not number two. We're the co-leader. Let's let's break this down. 30% of the roster is ranked in the top 25 in the world. Okay. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. It is. It's good, but it's, you're yeah. still, you're far behind the UFC as far as depth. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have certain people that can absolutely, and you know, we've said this forever, that can absolutely, you know, fight with anybody in the UFC. Mm -hmm. And again, really it's, well, who do you match them against? That's going to kind of tell you who's going to win, you know, to a point. But the top, you know, and the, it, you're going to have to look and say overall that, you know, who's ever doing the ranking, who do they have at number one? They got Patchy Mix and Sean O'Malley at 135, you said. Sean O'Malley is mm -hmm. what? The champ. Yeah. Not one from another promotion is the champ it's all the ufc's i think i think johnny eblin might be the champ really i think so you're telling me that they have johnny eblin now ranked above sean strickland i think so really i think i, I could be okay. wrong i could be wrong i could I'd be like wrong. to see it i would like to see it too let me see if i can pull this up because this is gonna bug me now because i felt like i I'm saw sorry. I, I felt like i saw it somewhere but i could be completely wrong ladies and gentlemen Dun, dun, dun. Let me add. Let's see. Let me okay, add. so for a middleweight. Yep. I can see why Dave does this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our rudder, it's I gone. Mean, but like, let, let's pick out some other guys. Who else would be in that <clears throat> top three or four? Look, you've got, Kay, Kay, like, obviously Chris Cyborg is going to be there. Kayla Harrison is going to be there. They're going to be in the top. But that weight class is not no longer around well, in there's the UFC. No, hold on. Let's, first off, when Amanda Nunez retired, there's no 145 yeah. in the UFC. That's done. So the best one, the best 145-pound uh, female yeah. fighter out there is between two, truthfully. It's not even between Kayla because Kayla's really a 155-pound fighter. She's the best 155-pound fighter, if you want, or Larissa Pacheco is. But Larissa has been fighting at 145. Chris is fighting at 145. Those are your yeah. two that are going to be your best 145-pound um, fighters in the women's division. So, yeah, they have that. But I was just talking about the men's divisions. I wasn't talking about women's. Got it, you know, got over it. Overall, the women's divisions, you know, they're kind of split here because PFL is going to have all the 145ers. UFC doesn't have any. 135, mm -hmm. PFL doesn't have any. Bellator doesn't have any. 125, now you're talking the PFL now has 125ers mm -hmm. that are from, uh, you know, Bellator and the UFC's got some great 125ers. And it's a matter of are they going to open up a 115 pound straw weight? 
they have some fighters there. Yeah, they do. See, there's a, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered, you know, like in the in these things. So I'm excited for these fighters. I'm not able to pull it up, and I'm actually horrible at searching the web. So don't worry about it. Well, here on I think it's uh the the ranking was it rankingmma.com. They've got they've got Johnny at number ten. <laughs> they got him at number ten. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've okay. got wow. I, I, I'm gonna look it up more, but I swear I thought I saw him as number one in one spot. But I could be wrong. Let me go to let me see this. This is gonna bug me now. Let's see. How about if you look at USA Today's rankings on him? There we go. Let's see this one. Oh, Johnny Eblen for MMA fighting is number five. Mm. Would you say USA Today? Yeah, USA Today. Go ahead. You can just say MMA fight, but again, they have him at number five. Yeah. And like I said, across the board, it's going to be UFC. Which is so crazy because of how much hype he's been getting these days about him being potentially the best middleweight in the world. Yeah. You know? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Who let's knows? see. There you go. Um, God, it's so nice to have Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden all of a sudden we are appreciating oh, our podcast he's all right let's not get it we miss you dave we this is we stuff right? you go ahead <clears throat> and his ass. No. <laughs> um where they got him at let's see here dun, dun, dun. just go across the board so at 125 they're gonna have uh-huh at 125 they've got to have pantosia at 135, they're going to have Sean O'Malley. At 145, they're going to have Volkanovsky. At yeah. 155, they're going to have Makachev. Mm -hmm. At 170, they're going to have Edwards. At 185, they're going to have Sean Strickland. At 205, it's now going to be Alex. Mm -hmm. And at heavyweight, it's going to be and uh, maybe Aspinall, maybe John Jones mixed mm -hmm. in there based upon whatever they're doing. with a lot of heat going on right now with that. Well, There's a lot of dude, back like, and forth with all that. Henry Cejudo's all, he's all in there, man. <laughs> he's talking about it. He's blasting DC. Oh, man. I just got an update from Dave. They have to go straight to the ER, so. Oh, my God. I know, poor guy. So, they went to urgent care. Urgent care is like, we're not touching that. <laughs> so much for it being urgent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I look. I look at. Uh, I look at all this, and I'm thinking to myself: There's so many things that could be that are good here. You know, uh, 30 percent of the roster. I, I look at. I look at certain fighters. Look, I think Amosov is one of those guys. Even though he had, even though he just lost, and he lost bad to Jason Jackson. Yeah. Styles make matchups. Um, but I put. I put. I put guys like him against someone like Leon Edwards, and I've trained with Leon. I got a lot of respect for Leon. I think he gives Leon some pro a hard time. I think he gives. Maybe. I think he gives Colby Covington a hard time. I think he gives Kamaru Usman a hard time. Jason Jackson trains with Kamaru Usman, trains with Gilbert uh, Burns, trains with Shavkat, trains with Ian, Ian McGarry. Is it McGarry? Ian, Ian Gary. Ian Gary. Ian Gary Machado. Uh, he trains with all of them. He knows where he's at. Tells us kind of he knows where he's at. And so I know that's a, a fighter's perspective, but that lets you know kind of where he's at in that mix. He's not saying it to boast. He's just saying, like, look, I respect all these guys, but I know where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I look at I look at uh at the one thirty five um uh champ. Yeah, off the tip of my tongue. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley, no no, but um uh Patchy Mix. Patchy? 
you got Patchy, you got Sergio, you got Stotts, and you've got uh, Sabatello. Those four guys right there. You, and you got Magomed. You got Magomed. You got Juan Archuleta. Juan Archuleta is the rising champion. That's right. You know, he's not a, he's no slouch, man. The guy can fight. He can fight everywhere. Yeah. He can wrestle and he can fight. I mean, it's it's a very dangerous weight. That to me is like we've said this multiple times. That weight class is the most stacked weight class in, in the sport, hands down. Yep. And no. you get and you get great fights every time they step in there. Absolute fantastic fights. Um, I I I, I would match all those guys up, especially in that in those divisions. I put Johnny Edwards division. I put the welterweight division, and I put the um bantamweight division. I'd put the Bellator ban of all those divisions against the UFC division any day. I'd struggle a little bit more with the 145 pounders. I'd struggle a little bit more with the 155 pounders. And the only reason why I'd struggle a little bit with the 155 pounders is, is I wouldn't struggle too much. It just wouldn't be as deep. I'd give the top three or no. four guys, top three guys, four guys. They could, they would mix in there really well, you know, but then you get past four and five. It's just f- those guys too, at the top five and six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, those guys, could Damn, give all man. the Bellator guys a run for their money and right. those other guys. Yeah. So uh, it makes for, it just makes for so many good fights that could potentially come, come about. But I also look at the guys at 155, right? So who's at 55 for the PFL? Right now you're looking at, you know, uh, OAM is yeah. your, OAM. your top guy and Clay Collard. Clay those, Collard. Are two, those are the two that are in the finals. And you had Sugar Shane Burroughs. Yeah. Yeah, so Shane Burroughs was at 155. I think he's going to stay at 155, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go back. Burgos is uh, he's a he's a stud. He's a great fighter. Um, other than that, as far as top notch guys, mm-hmm. you know, they have the young kid uh, Nishiyama. I want to say from Japan. He's mm-hmm. good, but he's too small. Yeah, he's tiny. Um, who else? I mean, because you got you got Movlid, Bubba, Chris Wade. They're those, all at forty five. Those are one forty five. Forty five pounders, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's there's fights to be had there, man. There's fights to be had there. So because Bubba came from Bellator, Bubba Jenkins, Chris Wade from the yeah. UFC, you know, and they've had some good battles back and forth. But I look mm-hmm. at guys like Aaron Pico, Jeremy Kennedy. I mean, you got Adam Boric. Let's not forget about him because he's been out for so long because he's been rehabbing his knee, his knee surgery. Yep. Uh, you got Maz Burnell, who's definitely a, a fantastic fighter. He got a shit into the stick from the UFC. They kind of fucked him and burned him. So then he, yeah. you know, um, he's had a good little run in the in Bellator. He's had some ups and downs. You know, yeah, um, but he's he can he's fight. Really come into his own as a oh, he can fight everywhere. Yeah. And that's the thing about him. Mm-hmm. So I mean that a- that flavors up that whole 145 pound division in that tournament. And guys right. like him, I could see him going in there. I could see, I could see, um, you know, I could also see Aaron Pico going. Man, I don't know if I want to do a tournament. I think I really just want to focus on making, I want to focus on, True. you know, doing well, this. He's very, Aaron Pico's very driven off of, nah, I'm going to focus on one guy. I'm going to spend my time preparing for him. I'm going to make it happen. Let's turn around four months later. I'm going to focus on one guy. I'm going to make this shit happen. I could, I see that about him. Other guys like Mads Brunel, they train all the time. They don't like it does. I don't, I don't train for the opponent. I train for just me being me. I could see him going in there and, and fighting tournament style, having a chance yeah. to make that million dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, Aaron Pico's think- contract's pretty fat though, too. So it <laughs> <laughs> would, would, would not be a bad decision hmm? for Mads Brunel to actually go into no. the PFL tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Do a good yep. thing. There's guys I like to see in there. And let me see. It says, uh, they still. 
Weekly shows will be better. What does that mean? I think them, you know, basically instead of it being where you got to figure the PFL was on what, like 14 shows, okay. 14 shows a year. Yeah. So at 32, you're getting closer to weekly shows. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about three, you know, out of a, out of a month, you got three shows. Mm-hmm. So. And then his, his last Don Davis, last comments were not last comments, but says we are not we are not number two we're the co-leader okay and let me just read you what matt brown said if i go to walmart and someone recognizes me and their brother asks who i am or their sister asks who i am they'll say he's an ultimate fighter they don't say he's an mma fighter he's an ultimate fighter it's like a kleenex or a q-tip it's not number one and a distant second place number two that's what it is UFC is synonymous with cage fighting, period. Okay. You know. Is that true? There is some there is some truth to that. Okay. How many people have called you a cage fighter? Uh, not a lot. How many people have called you a UFC fighter? A lot. Okay. How many people have called you an MMA fighter? A lot. It's, it's it's middle of the road but look i guess look it used to be you are a ufc fighter it has been changing lately to mma fighter as of recently like i would say probably like right around covid it started turning into mma fighter around that time you know maybe a little bit before that like i don't know why i i, I couldn't tell you why I don't know if it's because there was Bellator was coming around, PFL was coming around. Like, you know, I think one was starting to try to break into the into the. They were talking always talking about breaking into the uh, U.S. market. I don't know. I don't know why. But back when I was when I was with the UFC before, even when I was with Strike Force, people would say, "Oh, you're a UFC fighter, or you're an Ultimate fighter." You're, you know, that's that's what they used to say. I've noticed now in the like when I fly, and people will get this all the time when they travel. You, we run into people all the time. Your ears, for me, it's my ears. Are you an MMA fighter? Before it used to be a UFC fighter. Are you a UFC fighter? Are okay. you a cage fighter? Did you know, like, where, where well, do you compete? The the one thing that uh, Matt Brown said was the whole Q-tip or Kleenex. Mm-hmm. And that's what the UFC worked towards. They wanted to be, we used to call it, call it a Xerox. Mm-hmm. You know what a Xerox is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Xerox was a company, but they were the first ones that you could take and put this picture in there and it would run this paper through and it would come up with a copy of that, yeah. right? It was, it's a copy, but we call it the Xerox. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's marketing. That's yeah. beautiful marketing. And that's why instead of calling it a tissue, people will call it a Kleenex because mm-hmm. it's Kleenex is a brand and they did a great job of marketing. And that's what the UFC did is a great job of marketing overall, getting people to say that the sport mm-hmm. was UFC. They've done a great job with that. You can't, you cannot sit there and deny it in any way or sit there and try to argue it. That's what their marketing team did. No, I give them credit for it. I absolutely agree. Cause you got to remember like in the beginning it was, Oh, do you, do you play UFC? Yeah, like people used to say like, you know, <laughs> I train UFC. Yeah, I train UFC. Like, do you play UFC? Do you train UFC? Like, that's 
they would see your ears. They would see the, you yeah. know, like you'd walk around your gi bottoms. Well, at the beginning it was, uh, you know, oh, oh, you fight that no holds barred. Mm. You know, that was the beginning. Okay. That was, you, you, know, oh, you, fight, you fight no, you're, you're part of no holds barred. For my time. Right? NHB, yeah. you know, and that's, but yeah. again, that was the beginning. And then when Zufa took over, mm-hmm. they really put it into their marketing plan of, hey, we want to be the Kleenex of the sport. And they did. Yeah. You know, and for Matt Brown to sit there and say, of course he's going to say it, you know, and that's, I'm not saying he's lying. I, I, I agree with him to a point, but he's also biased towards a company that he has been, you know, with for a long time. And I don't blame him. They've treated him good. He's been good for them. He's put on great fights. You know, he, he wants to say, yeah, dude, I fight for the number one. And he's right. He yeah. did. You know, he did. And yeah, so it's, I'm not, I'm not discrediting what he's saying. I'm simply saying that it used to be, I train UFC. I, I, you know, do you play UFC? And that's what people would ask us on planes. I see your ears. Are you, you train that UFC, you know, like, and that's, yeah. that's how it was. But I have noticed lately it's switching over a little that bit. it is switching over to MMA. Um, are you, because people, what it is, people are becoming more knowledgeable in what, what yes. it's called. That's right. It's not just called UFC now. And people are now saying like, oh, I have a buddy who trains jiu-jitsu. You know, he's yeah. uh, done some MMA fights. It's not in the UFC. Like, and they'll tell me he's not in the UFC, but, you know, he's fought MMA. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this is a this is a conversation I can talk to. You know, I can have I a can conversation actually, with you about I'll, it. I'll actually speak back. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> it's so the, the fans are becoming the average everyday Joe Blow is becoming more knowledgeable about what the sport is and what the promotions are and where the fighters are fighting and what they're good at. Oh, yeah, he's a really good Muay Thai guy or, oh, he does boxing slash kickboxing. Like, they can have a conversation. Oh, he's jiu-jitsu, he's wrestling. He wrestled in college in Iowa and, you know, now he's in the, you know, now he trains and now he's fighting MMA. I think it all comes down to this, though. And, you know, and, and I, lo- I love the fact that Don Davis is trying to, you know, right away, hey, no, we're the co-leader. Because if you if you think about it, you know uh, John Anik and Brendan Fitzgerald and uh, I don't know if the other guy from England does it the same, but they always Brendan say Brendan right? You no, know, the Brendan Fitzgerald. Okay. And I want to say I want to say Cooper, but I could be wrong about the English guy. But they they both say that whole thing of you know the you know the leader in combat sports and things like that. And they always say it. And it's like, well, okay, they are. They're the leader as far as the promotion in MMA, you know, and it takes more than just saying that you're the co-leader. You got to prove you're the co-leader. Yeah. That's by putting on fights that people want to see. That's by selling out arenas. That's, and these are all the things that PFL is going to have to do. Look, Bellator did a good job of, Bellator put a lot of butts in the seats, and that was Scott Coker. He liked, you know, he was big into, you know, he didn't give tickets away and stuff like that. The PFL's whole system was set up differently. They were worried about the TV, same as in the beginning, when, you know, the people don't even talk about anymore with Semaphore. Semaphore Entertainment Group, SEG, and WOW, they didn't care about the audience. They got an audience, but they cared about TV. They they made it... they didn't do anything for the, the people that paid for tickets and came. It was like, you know, they were an afterthought. But 
you know, after a while it was, oh no, we need to make this a special thing when you come and make it exciting for people and make it to where they want to come back. And that's one of the things that, you know, Bellator's done a good job. They went back sometimes too many times, in my opinion, to the same place. You know, you got to make it special. Once a year, you go someplace. Mm-hmm. Make it to where those people there have a great time and they want to come back the next time you're coming. That UFC's been great at that. Except now that they do the Apex, they wreck that. Yeah. If you want to be the co-leader, um, you've got to start showing me profits. Okay. That goes for any promotion. Any promotion. You can't, you can't sell, selling out seats and having the best having the best fighters on on your rosters. That's all I think that's fantastic. That's, that's all part of it. That's all part of it. But it's all part of it. You've got to start showing me a profit. I think that's if, if anyone wants to argue with like, hey, or just try to pitch an argument with someone like, well, this is what the UFC makes. Now I'm not saying you need to make what the UFC yeah, is making. That takes time it's thirty at, years. I don't look at it that you have to make a profit at all to be the co leader. No. Because it's what you make is important to you as the person owning it. But the product you put out and the fighters that you have and how they can compete with this other entity, that's what says if you're the co-leader. But, John, if you're not around in four or five years, then you're not, saying you're not a co-leader. <laughs> that's, that's what my point is. My point is, you look, you, yeah, do, can my fighters compete with theirs? Hold it. Absolutely. So, so hold on. So hold on. So the UFC makes, we'll say... Four hundred to five hundred million dollars a year in profit. That's what they're doing. Somewhere in there, okay. And you, as another promotion, put on just as good of fights. You have just as good a roster. We'll say I'm not saying it's that's the truth right now, but we'll say, you know, just as good a roster. You sell sell out arenas and have same with you know same butts in the seats. Okay. But you don't make four to five hundred million. You I make fifty million. No, 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 no. I didn't. You didn't. You see, you're changing my words. I said I'm not changing your yes, words. Yes, I didn't no, say I you had you to a make question. I I asked you a question. Well, I made it clear before I even when I said that comment. I said you don't need to make what they're making. Okay. Okay. I just said you need to make a profit. The, okay. Being so you're sus- making a profit. Showing me that you're sustainable puts you as a co-leader. Okay. If you can show me that you're sustainable. Then that I automatically believe you're a co-leader because then then I believe, look, you're gonna be around. Now you're gonna threaten me for the title. It look, if if a guy is fucking Owen 12, I don't give a shit about you. You're never gonna be fighting me for the title. Okay? Like who the fuck are you? But if you this start showing twelve, me, if you start showing me your fucking nine and nine and one, what I'm happens like, when that Owen 12 guy whips your ass? <laughs> I don't first of all, that old guy, that Owen 12 guy is never gonna be in the cage with me. But the nine and one guy. Now I'm like, ooh, I'm keeping an eye on that guy. I'm keeping an eye on that, you know, on that that thing. There. Well, see, but hold on. That's you're talking about the rearview mirror, and that's where the, where the UFC's been at since Pride went down. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Since Pride went down, the UFC has always been. They look in the rearview mirror because everyone's behind them. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, John. Doesn't mean anything. No, no, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. It doesn't mean anything. But my thing is, co-leader to me means, and I look. Does he have? Do they have the roster now? With the merging of Kayla, because I think Kayla can They're sell. Getting there. I think that's where I'm going with them. Go, calm down, buddy. 
Okay, I'm on your team, by the way. I don't know. I don't think you are. <laughs> I'm on your Back, team. We're gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> you got look. Kayla can sell. Cyborg can yeah. sell. Yeah. I think with a little bit more marketing and stuff with Larissa Pacheco and Aspen Ladd and uh, uh, Marina Mohawknatina, like you've <laughs> got. You, a, you, you, you did that pretty well. It. But you've you've got you've, got you've got a group of female fighters that can be pushed a little bit. I also think you got with Juliana Velasquez. You've got, you know, uh, I know that she just lost was uh, Sumiko Naba. You've got Denise Kilholtz. They attract that Hawaiian market. They attract that uh, uh, European market. There's there's some there, and I don't know what Ali Malay is doing. You know, um, you know, with with what she's got going on. This Carmouche, she can attract the military market. She has, they have followings for the female market to go ahead and start building something into this. They've got something. I know they do. Look, I thought Belter had it. I thought Belter had something. Um, breaking that threshold, though, and getting into that next part to be a co-leader, I believe they got it all. It's, it's what we're going to see is how they put it together now that the deal has been done. And give it time. I've said this, I don't know how many times. This shit ain't Rome wasn't building one night. Okay. This is no. this is gonna happen. It's gonna there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. And I think Don Davis knows that. I think all the guys that work for PFL, they fucking know this. It's gonna there's gonna be some curveballs that come in there, you know, and they're gonna roll with the punches and they're gonna figure this out. I my own personal experience, whether it was with Elite XC and Strike Force or Strike and then Rumble in the Rock and Elite XC and Strike Force and UFC is that you're going to have to eventually minimize how much shit you got going on to build what you have in front of you, which is fucking so you got really good fighters right now. Yeah. And I hope that they end up doing what's best for those top level guys because, and females, because they're ready. They're ready right now to explode onto the scene and take over. I mean, I believe they are. And, yeah, um, you know, not a doubt about it. So, all right, well, look, I think we've uh, talked this thing to nauseum. I nauseam. think we've killed that one. <laughs> we've killed this thing to nauseum. So uh, we're going to go ahead and talk uh, the PFL. PFL has got Clay Collard versus uh, OAM. Oh, Urban Mercier. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. I just say OAM. Just too much too, too much accent for me. Um, let's go. Tell me what you got. Dude, I, you know, I actually really like this fight. I think uh, OAM has really come into his own. He's much better on the feet than he used to be. But he's not good enough on the feet to to be on the feet too long with Clay Collard. Yeah, Clay Collard is an outstanding stand up fighter. He's got a great body attack. He goes to the body as well as any fighter you will see in mixed martial arts. I don't care where he's at. He's tough as hell. He's on a mission. His weakness is guys that can take him down with wrestling, mm -hmm. and that is something that OAM definitely has in his back pocket. He's a good wrestler. He's strong. He's physically strong. So Clay's got to be smart about how he attacks. He doesn't kick a lot. Clay doesn't kick a lot. OAM kind of kicks with, you know, he likes to kick that low calf kick in the beginning. They'll do that a little bit, but he's going to get, he's going to get hit to the body when he does it. And the whole question is how does Clay stop the takedown when OAM finally decides to do it? When he goes for it, does he get the stoppage and make him pay? off of that stoppage of the takedown mm -hmm. does he leave him something with you know the idea of oops i can't do that again that hurt yeah i, I gotta i gotta try to adjust this a little bit and i adjust it and i the second time and i fail at that and, I, and something else hits me that's what clay collard has to do clay collard is in that position in this fight 
he's got to fight a, a, a pretty well, in my opinion, mistake-free fight. He's got to be really good with his offense as far as attacking the body and hitting OAM with shots that hurt him, and he needs to be defensively smart with his wrestling. Yeah. Oh, just not just wrestling. I think he's going to be defensively smart with his striking. OEM's got oh, power. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He's got power. He's shown it. Um, Clay's got to keep his back off the fence. He can't afford to settle. You know, if you get taken down, no. you can't just, okay, I'm just going to accept this position. No, nah, man. You got to, yeah. as soon as that butt, right away, hip, you got to those get hands hit the ground. You've got to, as he's taking you down, you got to get into that fetal position, hit your knees and your hands, and bounce right back up to your feet. You can't afford to just settle down there at the bottom going, all right, fuck, this round's gone. Okay, I'm going to wait till the next round. Yeah. That ain't going to work, man. I agree. Um, Clay, I think, though, too, in this in the lockdown phone booth type position, I think he's got a good chance of touching uh, OAM and making the fight scared. OAM yes. doesn't like to be hit. No, but and you want to make him – you got to turn him into a panic wrestler. Yeah. Yep. yep. If he does that, I think I think he's got a good chance of winning. And I, I really like Clay Collard, so that should be a good fight. All right, let's go next fight. This is the fight you're excited about. I am. I think this is actually a really good fight. Goldsoff is good. I don't care about you heavyweights. Know, let's move throughout, on. Next. Throughout, throughout <laughs> the season, he's looked good. He's got a freaking just a piston for a left jab. He uses mm -hmm. it well. Obviously, Heenan Ferreira is, is just a massive and very athletic six foot eight guy who's got power, but both of them have power. It's really the question of where does the fight take place? Mm. You know, on the ground, you could look and say Goldsoff is a better wrestler and Ferrer is probably the better jujitsu guy, but he's not going to be getting any submissions off of his back anytime soon, I don't think. So yeah. he's got to be in the top position. But it's a good title fight. I really, I, I think this is going to be uh, one that they're going to go after each other. Someone's going to go to sleep. Um, you got Pacheco versus Moaknaktina. Moaknaktina. Yep. I think I'm being honest. I think Larissa Pacheco is just too much for him. Yeah. Too good overall, too good in the standup, too good on the ground. Marina is very good with her judo and she's got a good submission game, but never Larissa is very, Larissa is going to be, you know, good as far as defending against all of that. And when the fight gets back to the feet, Marina is always going to be in a position that she has got to worry about being on her feet too long I, I, we've called a couple of marina's fights she's used yeah. her judo and her wrestling maybe twice yeah she just stays on the outside kind of waits for you to overcommit, tries to land big shots she's a very patient fighter larissa is the complete opposite yeah she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna walk you down i'm gonna land big shots if you hit me i'm gonna hit you harder and i'm gonna try to knock you the fuck out yeah i was in love and i, I am like i'm not trying to bypass kayla harrison and <clears throat> chris cyborg but I'm really looking forward to the Larissa Pacheco and Chris Cyborg fight. Absolutely. They, they're kind of... They, I feel like that's the fight to make, to be honest. They're two twins. Mm -hmm. The way they fight, I think at this moment, Chris is a little more polished. You know, at yeah. this moment of their careers. But Larissa's damn good. Yeah. So, uh, Kayla Harrison versus Aspen Ladd. I look at this as a, this is going to be a tough fight for Aspen. Aspen's good, but she starts slow. Kayla, when she gets to the top position, she usually does good work there. She's got a good submission game. Um, Aspen's going to be carrying a lot of weight on, you know, on the ground with uh, Kayla on top of her. And Kayla just continually moves to better positions and 
you know, looks for the submissions, looks for the ground and pound, and just keeps on rolling. Once she's rolling, she's looking good. And uh, Aspen, she's got to start a lot faster than she normally does in this fight. Ugh, I can't, don't even know how to approach this fight, John. Aspen Lad, it's whichever one shows up. The one that fights yes. or the one that doesn't. Like, I can't even, I can't, I just can't <laughs> narrow her down, man. I've liked her one fight, and the next time I'm like, who the hell is this? Who, who is she? Yeah, she lets fight. She lets the rounds just yeah, go by. It's I'm like, so, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, what I concerns agree. me a little bit with Kayla is, you know, Kayla, it's after that initial intense burst, you know, in that first round, going into the second round, it starts to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And so uh, this weight also is at 150. It's not at 155. So she's having to cut a little bit more weight than normal. That's not a problem. I don't think it's a problem either. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. Um, but it, it does. It, I guess for me, it kind of just does concern me a little bit because she does has shown to slow down a little bit in that second round. If things are get a little bit more tough and Aspen is someone who has been known to just kind of linger around. Like you said, she's just she can be resilient. She can be resilient. She takes some shots, but she can just linger around. She's like the female that just like, I'm going to wait here and wait for things to develop. And then I'm going to try to be here in the sec end of the second into the third round. And then start trying to put some pressure and start trying to make you fight uncomfortably and and then eventually see if I can get you to will and maybe just take over. She could try to do that. So this makes for a fun fight. I look at Kayla. I think that Kayla should walk away with this fight. But you don't know. Who knows? This is the, this is a really good fight. This fight's going to be really this good. This is a really good fight. This is this is one of the, the fights you look and you go, that is a well-matched mm -hmm. fight. Either guy, you know, Sadabusi is uh, in that position. He's learned how to defensively keep himself on his feet yeah you know uh, magomed karamov is he's just well-rounded he's got a good stand-up game he's got a good jab he boxes well he doesn't kick a ton but his boxing is damn good and his wrestling is damn good and in the top position he's very heavy um i don't see you know if he ends up on his back he's got to look out for the ground and pound of sadabu but there's no submission threat there mm -hmm. so i see him getting back to his feet if he ends up there but I, I don't think he really will yeah it's gonna be it's gonna end up on the feet who's the guy that's got the better techniques hmm i don't know i feel like magomed uh karamov could get him down and take him down oh he will you know he will you know but i think the the big exchanges are gonna be what you're gonna want to see is they're gonna be in the stand-up the one thing about magomed is he he'll he'll stay on his feet yeah you know, he, will. he will stay on his feet, even at times when you look and you go take him down. And he's like, nah, I'm comfortable here. And he just keeps on rolling. But against Sadabusi, it might he might have a good game plan of saying, I, I, when I get the opportunity, I'm going to take it to the ground every chance I get. Yeah. And that wouldn't would not be a bad plan. The question is, how much gas does he burn in trying to get him down? I guess what we have to remember, though, John, is that even though Zero championship fights in the finals they're all three rounds they're not five no. round, they're not five round five. fights yes they are i don't think so john you I can't have are. you can't have no say title fight now kayla and aspen is not i don't, I don't all the believe, other ones are five round fights i don't believe they are uh, they are title fights they don't have a choice i, I think their tournament titles are not five rounds five are round you fight. sure 500 percent 
I will. I'll tell you what. You just keep on I'm talking an, I, right there. I, John, one you're thing talking, I can hold on is I can fucking talk. Okay, let's go, John. <laughs> you just keep this. talking because you know you, we look I, at that and it's like you know you always want to be right. So mm-hmm. let's take a look at it and make mm-hmm. sure that we are not screwing this up. Um, as I look at it, uh, um, but anyways, five fives, five fives. Here you go right here. Five oh, fives. Yeah. Five fives for every okay championship fight in the PFL. Five fives, five fives, five fives. Three fives for Kayla Harrison okay. and Aspen Ladd. Three fives for Cooper and Brunson. But no, yes, all okay. of the title, so all fights the title fights are five fives. So that's that's one, two, that's four, that's five. Oh that's no, it's five. It's a lot. That's a lot. You have wow. one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. This is a pay per view, correct? Yes. Okay. Fifty bucks. Forty nine ninety nine. That was another thing I want to talk to you about. Is ESPN Uh-oh. gets that price? They. That's what Don that Davis is. said. They make that the is. price. They make the price. That's interesting. It's absolutely sad, because I honestly think, and I could be wrong about this, and it's just my opinion. But if the PFL was able to say, we're going to put this on for $24.99, mm. 25 bucks, even $29.99, you're going to get double what you're going to get mm. at, even, I could be more, but double what you're going to get at that $50 price. And yes, it's the same amount of money, we'll say, if it's at $25, mm-hmm. but it's more eyes. Yeah. And that's better for your product. You want more eyes on it. So I kind of look at that and I go, it's a shame that ESPN puts it at the, I'm going to pay for it because I've got a podcast here that I want to <laughs> talk about these things. But other than that, I mean, it's, you just look and you go, it's, you're asking a lot, man. $50 is something where people go, can I, can I get by without watching it? Hmm. Yes. And I don't, I don't watch it when maybe mm-hmm. I should. Yeah. Interesting. All right, then you've got uh, Gabriel Braga versus uh, Jesus Panetta. You, you, the, you know what kind of fight that's going to be. This can be a great fight, man. These two guys are going to bang it out on the feet. I don't see, I mean, Braga's what, undefeated, I believe, what, 12, 13, and 0, something like that. Yep. Yep. And he is gritty. Panetta is someone that can take a lot of shots and deliver the shots. He will be there still in the fourth and the fifth round. He's Bra- proven himself to be a no. tough yes. fighter. Yeah. He's good, you know. I know he came up out of the PFL's Challenger series, and then you know came into the and he's just he's put everybody away. And you look and you go, hats off to you, brother. Yeah, you are a hell of a fighter. It's tough. I think the speed of Braga though is going to be a problem. The explosiveness, the speed of those, I think it's going to be a problem for Pineda. But I think if Pineda can survive that first two rounds. Getting to that third, fourth, and fifth, he's been known to have good cardio, good prep. He can take a shot, deliver a shot. He'll still be there and uh, put Brog on his back foot. He'll have a chance, yeah. I think, after round two. Yeah. Um, what other what other fights on this card did you want to talk about? Well, you got, jo- you got Joshua Silvera, who mm-hmm. is the son of Conan's Marcus Silvera from yep. American Top Team. You know, he is in the title fight against Impa. And I hate saying Impa's last name. Impa Kasanaga. Impa used to. Kasanganai. Kasanganai. I can finally uh, get one of these motherfuckers right. There you go. Nice job. Because <laughs> I but, remember yeah. saying it so many times when he fought Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, when he got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. 
But Impa's Impa's good. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's fun to watch. I think Joshua's got the edge in this fight, though. Mm. Uh, Josh is he's good everywhere. He's he's consistent. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, you know. And uh, I think, in my opinion, he's the favorite in this fight. Yeah, I agree. Ray Cooper and uh, Derek Brunson. I love that fight. Mm. You know, look, I I like Ray Cooper. You know, throughout his career, he's he's just a you know he's. I don't. I hate saying he's the typical Hawaiian, but he's the typical yeah. Hawaiian. Yeah, tough as hell. Just scrap. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Ray Cooper. Let's yeah. just scrap. Let's just throw hands. Let's go. You know, and that's the Hawaiian mentality. And you, that's what you kind of love about those guys and stuff. And he's he's talented. Now, the one thing that is a problem sometimes is he gets tired. Yeah. But he's fighting a guy. He's got he's got a big problem in. He gets tired. <laughs> Getting so tired. It's actually, you know, uh, the wrestling goes to Derek. No doubt about it, even though Ray's not easy to take down. The stand-up overall is going to go to Cooper. He's got power in his hands, and he can put you away. The age definitely is a concern if you're, you know, a fan of Derek Brunson. He's starting to get up a little bit to the top where, you know, Ray is still fairly, you know, in his uh, fighting prime. So I think it's a great matchup. I think they're doing it for a reason. They think that Ray Cooper can beat him. Okay, okay. We're going to find out. Look, uh, there's also Bubba Jenkins versus Chris Wade. We've seen this fight several yep. times. Should be a good fight. It's always been a good fight. So tune in for that fight as well. And, uh, hey, we're looking forward to seeing uh, how this thing all pans out after the weekend. And we're going to get the breakdowns. There's some news we want to get into as well. Uh, we obviously just heard that our man. Our man. Pulled out of his fight. Yes. Dan Hooker is mm-hmm. out of the fight against Bobby Green. That is, uh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to that fight, but there was some crap going on in that, that I didn't understand. There was some like words going back and there was like hooker was saying some things that was like, what are you doing? And then oh all of a sudden he was out of the man, fight. John, that's just, it was Go so ahead. bad. Like, thank I, you. I don't know why or what, what but, are you doing? Yeah. It was a very strange, but I did, but have, I, you, I, I will send again. Dave, oh, whoops. Sorry guys. I, I will send the photos cause the photos are playing with the, the music is playing with the photos of Dan hooker's arm. He has got a plate in his arm from a previous fight, and he must take another kick or something, but it shattered the bone behind the plate. So when I when I talk to people um, about, oh, when they talk about the Conor McGregor, oh, I've got oh, titanium yeah. oh, in my leg. He's going to have a rod in no, his leg. It's going to be an yeah, unfair no, it advantage. It fucking oh, hurts. Sucks. It is so painful. To, I, I give this example all the time because like when I – when I was when I fought Gilbert the first time, I just tore his body up with body kicks. The second fight, in between the first and the second, I broke my ankle and I had to have a plate put in. So I couldn't kick anymore. So my lead leg, I couldn't kick anymore. I couldn't kick the body because if I bet my if the flexion of my foot was too much, the bone the rod keeps your foot from flexing that much. So it puts pressure on the bone yeah. and it fucking sucks. I broke my, because I thought I could kick after I got the, the plate in. I broke my leg three more times after that, right above the plate. Cause yeah, that based upon the plate. Yeah, the plate acts like yeah. a fulcrum. There's a fulcrum, yeah. Yeah, and so I broke it here, broke it again here, because it just calcifies even bigger and bigger as you go up. But eventually it just stopped breaking because the bone got thicker as you went up your, your leg. 
And, but it's still towards the end of my career, I couldn't kick with that as much. I was, I was still kick with it, but I couldn't kick with my foot because it would, the flexion of my foot made it more painful. And if I ever kicked to your body, I had to make sure it was a clean shot to your ribs. Because if I can't hit that elbow, if it hit your elbow, I would have fell to the ground crying. At just crying. Just okay. Just, just it fold up, go into the horrible. fetal position. It just, was just start crying. The tears can come out. Well, well, you know, DC, DC's got a plate in his forearm. And yeah. if you ever kicked him in the way he would block, he had to like turn his palm out. So you'd kick the flat part or the fat part of his, his body, like, yeah. uh, which is not good forearm. Which it wasn't good either. But if you ever, if you ever kept it like this, and you kicked him there on the plate, oh, he would, he would. I don't blame. Wimp out, you know. He'd like I shouldn't say wimp out, but he would whimper out of the 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 ring like this is horrible. <laughs> I'm just in pain. So it, it's it's very painful. But um, I guess look with Bobby Green. Let me look this up here. Uh, Bobby Green, what what are you thinking as in terms of a replacement though? I need a fight that's as action packed as that. Give me someone who. You know, it's the problem of who do you put because uh, there's only so many guys that are going to take that fight. Mm-hmm. And you because Bob just to step in against Bobby is not, not a good thing as far as if you haven't been uh, training for someone that fights the way he does. Yeah, it creates a problem for you. So you know they were talking about Sarukian and. I heard Bobby said, "No, that's not a good fight. I don't want that one," because he was he was training for a guy who was going to be in the stand up with him. No, you know? but Sarukin's fighting. Uh, he's fighting against uh, uh, Benil Darush as the main event, like in a week. Oh, or that's two. right. What am I thinking? <laughs> no, but I, I swear to God, that was what I saw. The thing I was like, that doesn't make sense. But um, what you got to you got to bring in a striker. You got to bring Holloway. in someone. Give me Max Holloway. Max Holloway's not going to do that. I'm just saying. He's not gonna. Why I'd would like Max to see that Holloway fight. ever take that fight? That's crazy. It would be a fun fight for us. It would be a fun fight. <laughs> it would be a very fun fight. Um, what about a Calvin Cater? Calvin's not. Uh, Calvin's a hundred forty fiver, dude. You keep on yeah. bringing up hundred forty fivers instead of one. Well, they, look, he's not gonna want to fight. Like the fifty five pounders are not gonna be able to make weight by this weekend, possibly, or by next week. Just next weekend, I believe it's next weekend. Um, not gonna be able to make weight. That's one. Two is you got Moicano. You've got uh, Jay that would Turner. be the guy that Moicano would be the one that I would think, and they don't like each other. Would want to take that fight, and they don't like each other. I believe yeah. Moicano and, and Bobby Green. But I think Bobby would want to train for him specifically because he doesn't like him. He'd want mm-hmm. to have a but like Bobby. When we had Bobby on the podcast, he's like, I just train for the for, you know for what I do, which is smart. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah, Hooker was number nine. Fazeev is out. Yeah, Fazeev's hurt. I could see somebody like a Gamrot. I could see, see somebody. Be, like, that would be like, exactly it, the, what you don't want. You don't want for Bobby. I get it. If you're Bobby, you don't want that fight. If you're Bobby, you're saying, no, I've trained for a guy that's a stand-up guy, and you want to put a wrestler yeah. against me. You know, doesn't yeah. make sense. Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Look, I would say like a Max Holloway only because Max – doesn't want to have to make 45. That's one. He can get a fight in, make some good money. Bobby Green, Taylor made not, not, not an easy fight, but it's Taylor made as in like, you know, he's going to stand. He's not going to try to wrestle me. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to do worry about is just having the output. And Max is seems like he's always fucking training. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's got, he's got a gas tank. It's only three rounds, not a five round fight, 
Uh, Max normally he's used to going five rounds. He's been going five rounds, you know, pretty much his last six years or whatever. So, I mean, he's that would that to me would be a fun fight. Be a great fan fight favorite. Favorite fight fan five five fan favorite. Yeah, <laughs> to put the words yeah. together. I mean, if you're looking at it that way, I think Giga Chikadze would be one that would be fun. Ooh, yeah. There you go. I'll take the Giga fight. Yeah. That makes for fun. Um, can I ask you this? You can ask me. I saw somebody this, post about how uh, the UFC's um, what do they call it when you lose the bag? What's it called? Fumble the bag? Yeah, fumble the bag. They're fumbling the bag on one of the most exciting fighters in, in UFC right now, which is Michael Chandler. And I, w- I want to I wanted to kind of say, like, it's not the UFC that's fumbling the bag. No. It's, it's Michael Chandler who's waiting for that fight, yes. which I feel I like agree. he's waiting for no reason. I think he's... He's not waiting for it, no reason. I, I totally understand why Michael mm-hmm. is looking at this the way he is. Uh-huh. You know, you know how how many years ago was it that Connor came up with? You know, oh baby, red penny night, mm-hmm. let's go. You know, mm-hmm. it's the truth. Yeah, you get a lot of eyes. There's a lot of things that come with that fight. It's not just the fight against Connor. It's everything that goes with it. There is a, a a bump in pay. There's all kinds of things that accelerate, and so I totally understand why Chandler wants that fight. I still, I mean. I, Josh, how how long has it been? I said, he's not going to get that fight. Even when they were coaching, I said, yeah. that fight's not going to happen. And uh-huh. there's reasons behind it. And I, I don't get into those things as far as I don't yeah. say the things that I, you know, I, I know or hear. I'm just saying, he's look, Connor's in a position. He's not in a position to fight right now. And he's not going to be in a position to fight for a while. Hmm. You know, it's, there's just, a, there's a lot going on and, you take a look and you go, you know, and first it was, oh, he was going to be, you know, December. And then, uh, no, and then, okay, first first quarter of, you know, 2024. Then it was second quarter, oh, UFC 300. He's not going to be at UFC 300. Hmm. Okay, so if you're Michael Chandler, you got to figure how long has it been since your last fight? Yeah. Well, you had your fight with Poirier. That was his last fight, right? And that was now, I think over a year ago, right out of year. Yeah. Wasn't it November? Uh, let me see when that fight was. I can find out. November 12th. But, yeah, see? Yep, November so, 12th. So you're, so you're at a year. And you look and you go, man, you're, you're 35 years of age. You, you can't let years go by without you having a fight, you know, your career is now walking away. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, he's going to have to make a decision somewhere along the way, you know, to, to either say, okay, Hey, you got You guys got to give me a fight or stay on your path and say, Hey, I, it's gotta be against Conor McGregor. But in the end, that doesn't mean it's going to be against Conor. Yeah. I, th- I think he's, he's, a, he's holding on to it because obviously the red painting night, but he's already done all the work for it. He did the, yeah. you know, he spent time away oh, from did, his family. Look, so he, he did, could, he did everything he was supposed to. And yeah, you know, you look at the whole coaching thing. He did a great job. You know, there's certain guys that are good at coaching and certain guys that are not, you know, just because you can fight doesn't mean you're a good coach. Yeah. You know, sometimes, 
some guys that are great fighters are the worst coaches you'll ever be around. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as they just, it's not part of what they do. But Michael proved he was a good coach. He did, he did great for his team and everything. Doesn't matter. It's, you've got a career that is basically, it's stalled. And it's stalled because you're looking for this fight. Is it worth it in the end? You know? Well, I mean, you could look at it two ways. I could look at it also that his brain and his body needed some time off. This was probably a good thing for him. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong I could about look at that. It that way. Like, if you look at his yeah, last fight was against Dustin. Yeah. Rough night. Rough night. You know? And look, then at the he, night, look at the, the one before that. Well, no, that was Tony was before that. Well, the one before that was, ju- yeah, Justin. It was Justin. Yeah. You know, um, and then the one before that was Charles. Yep. Yeah, but then you had Dan Hooker before that. So you know, he had two bad, two losses, and then he had the win over Tony, and then you know he had lost to uh, Dustin. I don't know. I just I look at like he's he is gonna have to make a decision here soon if he's gonna keep waiting for that fight. Um, the second thing is this. I think this also might be a good thing for him to rest. You know, let his body fully recover. Let's see. You know, get that get that that fire and that motivation to get back in there. You know, uh, well, he's, might, a, might look, he's always training. Yeah. He is a training machine, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I agree with you as far as the brain, it's a good thing to give it a rest. Yeah. A year is plenty of time to rest. That's true. This is true. All right. Well, let's see. Was there any other news that we wanted to talk about? <laughs> We've kind of exhausted all of this stuff. We gave you guys a full two, pretty much a full two hour show. We're eight minutes short, actually seven minutes short of a two hour show for you guys. And uh, I felt like there we covered a lot of things. It was good. Well, we, we did. We, we did have that one thing off of Instagram that I wanted to put up there. Well, oh, fantastic. What was it? Oh, oh, I wish we could. <laughs> oh, I will. You oh, know I what? No, you can't do it now. I can't. Right? I can't I show it to you. Oh, let's see. No, it's a, oh man, let me see if I can it. pull this bad boy up. Can't do it. Let's see. It's awesome. Ah, oh, we got to do this though. But I can't we'll do, do it, it man. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to show you guys. But uh, uh man, that's crazy. All right. Well, hey, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this show. And um, it's been a pleasure filming. I mean, it's kind of weird not having a podcast Dave here. It's yeah, kind of it a little is. weird. It's been a little weird. Yeah. So um, hold on. I got to actually text him to say that. It's been hey, a bumpy ride, but we survived. We got through it. We talked our asses off, I think. Yep. And most of it was mumble jumble. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we, we hopefully we gave, gave you guys enough in-depth conversation about all this stuff, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, as John would say, well, before the last thing before oh, we yeah. go, I want to say this because I got eight minutes before it's two hours, so I'm just going to ramble on for eight fucking minutes. Josh, the one thing I do want to say is for everyone that worked at Bellator and all those people, and I'm not talking about what's going to happen or anything like that. You know, we did that little sign off and there was all those people that, you know, I was trying to remember and I, I, I miss so many. Oh yeah. You know, and I want to say, you know, Stewie, you know who you are. Thank you for always putting our stuff up in the, uh, in the, uh, arenas, except for the last one, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to put that on a man. Uh, but Stewie and Mike Sarno and all the people that I did not mention for everything. The people of Bellator were a family and they were some of the nicest and best people who would give you the shirt off their back. And it was a joy working there. It was absolutely fun. And so for everyone that made it fun and all the people we talked about before the CCs and the Whitley's and the Lintons mm-hmm. and the Sonleys and the Miguel's, 
that you know who you are and all the things you did. You know, Lynn, you are the sweetest human being I think there is on the mm-hmm. face of the earth. You're kind. Jamie, same thing, because I call them the hammers. Yeah. But Jamie and Chris, all of them. Yeah.